Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. Thank you for joining me again this week. This is a special week. I'm being joined by someone who I find utterly captivating. It's Evelyn Brink. She is an incredible coach, a writer, a speaker. She's been referred to as a magic wand for high-performing leaders who are, they need to be seen, felt, heard. She's like their secret weapon. Don't you just love that? She is a secret weapon to the stars of business. And she really is. I mean, she has worked with some incredible people. And what Evelyn does is really focuses on kind of making the impossible possible for her clients. She makes wild ideas happen. And she helps her clients challenge every obstacle along the way. Evelyn is an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk to. She's funny. She's had an amazing life so far, and I'm sure has way more amazing stuff ahead of her. I think you're going to love her as much as I do. Yeah, I sound like I'm gushing about her, but yeah, it's because I am. I don't care. She's amazing. I love her. And I think you're going to love this episode if speaking on stage is something that you have on your wish list, if that forms part of your mission for getting your message out there, and I know it does for many of you, you're really going to love what Evelyn has to say about this. Evelyn is really on a mission to end the chronic culture of insecurity. And I think that sums up perfectly where we are right now. We are absolutely, particularly as women, we're surrounded by this culture of insecurity and it's time to stop it. For those of you listening of a delicate disposition, we do use some naughty language in this episode and we also go into some spicy talk with some graphic metaphor, which I bloody love. So yeah, if you don't like that kind of talk, skip. But if you're anything like me, and you appreciate a fabulous analogy. Evelyn is the queen of these. And honestly, you are going to get so much from this episode. So the best person to tell you about Evelyn is her herself. So let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes, and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week, via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships, and creating the abundant, full-fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. so much for joining me today. Well, I'm super excited to be here, Jill. 
you. Let's do yes, this. let's do this. Um, this is a new one for me. I was just telling Evelyn before I hit record that you always are used to just hearing my voice on podcast. But because of the topic of this conversation, it seemed really right to hit the camera button too. And so now you can see us in beautiful Technicolor. And look how boring my background looks to, compared to yours, Evelyn. God, bloody hell. <laughs> I might have put some thought I've into this. I've got bloody you know? room envy now. Look at this. God. I love that. That's a new thing. Room, room envy. envy. Yeah. I, I usually have life envy, food envy, mo- mostly any sort of kind of envy. Yeah. It's really good to have you here. And for those of you who are listening who don't know Evelyn already, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I love that. And the focus is on little, right? So I don't speak for an hour just now. (laughs) Because I like to be able to tease the rest out of you. Oh, okay. I see. So I won't just go totally naked, just strip a little. Just a little taster. A little taster. So we had my name. It's Evelyn Brink. And I sit at the sweet spot of impact coaching, real life coaching, and feminine awakening. So what that means is most people come to me because they really want to shine in the spotlight. They want to take their business to the next level, which is being seen. Now they call it visibility, but really what we're looking for is being seen, being felt, being heard, being understood, and being recognized as the thought leader that you are. That's what people come to me for. But then the challenge is, how do I do that without losing myself, without uh, trying to fit in a mold that's not me? Uh, or, you know, there might be loads of underlying issues that come up once you try to step into that spotlight. So that's where I come in, as well as working with very established leaders on going that next level further, looking at how does your instrument actually work? How can we create more resonance for you and your audience through your body and specifically your voice? How can we deepen your impact? How can we elevate your positioning? Because all that is rooted and seated in your expression. So you can learn all the business hacks in the world. The work that I then do with my clients is to bring that to life into the expressive realm. So then people can really get a great a impression of who you are, but also the engagement and that love and that connection with who you are, even though they might not see you in person one-to-one. So that's the impact side of things. And then on the real-life coaching piece, I'm really honored to be a personal guide to some amazing creative women who use my magic wand to propel them further in their success, but also to talk about very intimate personal things. Like I said to you before, like if you want to talk about sex, let's go there. I was really tempted to rename the entire episode, but... <laughs> well, let's see what happens right at the end of this. And then that feeds into this feminine awakening piece where I speak about woman 3.0. So woman 2.0 is the independent woman, the fierce one that gets all the shit done whilst looking great. And Woman 3.0 is where we are on the cusp of that's allowing yourself to be working from the yin space, from the feminine. It's not about gender, but it's from that quality of creativity, of fluidity, of receptivity, of allowing yourself to receive and to be in pleasure when you work versus the hard grind and the hustle and the traditional masculine business models. So what I do is I work with my clients on the sweet spot between those three because I can see that that really creates ultimate success, well-being, happiness, and main point, freedom. Freedom, the thing we are all craving. That's the thing we're all chasing, right? 
Thank you so much for that. And I think everyone listening is now going to understand why I found it so hard to be able to pick one topic that I wanted to go into (laughs) with you today, because there are so many things that you just covered off there that I would love. I mean, it means that obviously you can't only come on once because I now have this library of things that I need you to come on and talk to us about. But we did agree that today we're going to talk about, well, the title of the episode is Hiding in the Spotlight. I kind of sneakily, with your permission, borrowed that from your TEDx talk, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to link to it in the show notes for everyone watching. I really want you. I know my audience pretty well, and I know they're going to get so much out of that talk. It is one of the best TEDx talks I've seen. I loved it. So, no, I really mean that. I absolutely loved it. I don't know. Maybe that's because that subject just resonated so hard with me. I think I'm the sort of person who's always talked to good talk around authenticity. And I haven't always walked the walk, you know, for a long time. I, I don't think I did operate from a place of authenticity. I, I operated from a place of authentically wanting to be someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you're not alone, right? We, I mean, I'm going to raise my hand to that. Authentically wanting to be someone else is definitely a desire I've had mm. as well. I've always wanted to be normal. Have you oh, had that, Jill? Always. Always, just want to be normal. Always. Just want to be normal like other people. Yeah. I mm. just want to be normal, average. Sometimes I would have craved average because anything that was too much or too little in me, I would demonize. And I really wanted to be mm-hmm. that little part. I hear you. And I feel I have moved beyond that now. And as successful business owners, I think that's really the only time that really comes to fruition is when you finally operate authentically as yourself and I truly believe that so that's why it resonated with me so much and I wondered if you could just share with the listeners and the viewers a little bit about that what you mean by hiding in the spotlight how you came to kind of think about that phrase because I know this was a it was a personal experience for you that you did this you hid in the spotlight very literally Oh, yes and no, right? So yes, let, let me iterate what I mean mm-hmm. by that. And even more importantly, hopefully help your listeners and viewers of this episode shed a few skins so that you can be more free and more happy to show yourselves because it comes down to feeling safe, right? It does come down to feeling safe. And when we're not safe, we have to protect ourselves. And that's why we become what we then judge as inauthentic. Nobody is really ever inauthentic on purpose. And we all talk about wanting to be authentic and being authentic. And it's it's one of these overused words you kind of want to just cross out because it doesn't say anything, but it means so much. So I'm almost tempted to go back just a little bit to let people know why I know about this subject so much, but I guess that'll that'll go in. So I've been coaching for over 20 years now, but before then and throughout then as well, I've been an entertainer. Mm-hmm. So I come from the world of singing, dancing, and acting. And in acting, we talk a lot about authenticity because when you play a character, believe it or not, you need to be that character. You need to be authentically someone else. So that is also a thing, right? As an actor, you let another character flow through you and you make that person believable in that moment. That's not a sin. That's not you being fake. That's you being a really good Mm -hmm. actor. 
And then sometimes people say, oh, you're just acting. Like, what do you mean just acting? Because a devoted actor will open up their body as a vessel and let this other personality come through. So what is authentic now? What is faking it? It's, it's, I love that it's way more nuanced than most people ever dare to think about. So I've been in entertainment from the age of five. That's when I had my first theater and TV appearance. And I played in a national theater at 13. I mean, I was always going to be this acting kind of person. And then I became most known as Europe's number one Madonna impersonator, as seen on TV. And I traveled the globe impersonating the queen of pop, as you do. As you do. I mean, this is normal, right? As yeah. you do. Yeah. It's totally normal. It's just another day exactly. in the office. It's funny now saying it like that because that was what I did. I'm a woman now, but I grew up in a city called Mainz in Germany. It's small. Like, who do, you, who do you think you are to do the queen of pop? Oh, I know who I am. I'm somebody who didn't charge their computer and whose battery is going to run out. So <laughs> let me just plug it in. How typical is that? Well, here's the thing. This is as real as it gets, right? I'm, I mean, I just don't even feel we should edit this out. This is what actually happens oh, no, no, in no, real no, life. Thank you very much. Also... Well, well, if Evelyn just plugged that back in, I will share with her my Madonna story. Mm. Oh, go on then. My friend and I, every Friday night, used to kneel on her bed with a mirror in front of us, do our full Madonna makeup, <laughs> massive cross earrings, draw on the mole on our faces, at which point we would then strut down to the village, which was our night out, just hoping that some boys might be hanging about outside the corner shop. Basically, that was our Madonna outing, just to go and hang out in the village. Cool. Did it work? I mean, did the boys? Of course. I mean, who would resist two very, very awful Madonna impersonators? <laughs> we, we, we were not good. I've seen pictures of you. You're good. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and also, that also took work, right? Nobody's born a great Madonna impersonator, let me tell you that much. I have pictures of myself that will... Yeah, uh, that are cringeworthy. In fact, if you want to Google my name, I've left everything up there. There's some terrible videos of me. And, you know, it does, it takes time to finesse the act. Now, let's get to the, the point of what mm. we're talking about. So I'm going to derive some of, some of my credibility from the world of acting and impersonating and others from the world of coaching in which I've been involved for over 20 years so that Everybody can feel safe. We're not just talking. I've not just done a weekend course and now I like to talk about being right. real. <laughs> Sometimes I like to say that, you know, as so many coaches and people think that because they spend a weekend self-pleasuring in a rice field in Bali that they can sort other people's lives out. They might be right. And I am probably jealous of that. But there is also a little bit more to our craft. So it's important to sometimes I mention that. I completely agree. And I'm grateful that you did that because it's really important to me that my audience is assured that the guests who come on this show are people they can trust and feel safe with. That's really important to me. So thank you for that. Pleasure. And and I, I will, you know, the rice field in Bali, I think it's very tempting. I just say I bloody love, <laughs> I that, love that example that you just gave. Yeah, it's a good example, a example, right? Doesn't it feel good? By sunset, that's the yeah, idea. Sounds good. Uh, anyway, let's go back to Madonna, which is very similar to that, really, just involving cones. <laughs> yeah, just more cones. <laughs> just more cones. So as a Madonna impersonator, my job was to be more Madonna and less Evelyn. And I developed this beautiful, it's not a split personality, but it is a, in NLP, they'll call it modeling. 
So you have someone successful that you model yourself on. So you can ask yourself, what would Madonna do? And she would go for a run. Evelyn wouldn't. But then this whole entity, Evelyn, would go for a run because I would do Madonna shows and I needed to be fit and I needed to build my strength and all that good stuff. And then on stage, of course, I learned to emulate her voice and her movements. So I was, you could say, you're trying to be someone else. You're trying not to be yourself. But then what you will learn in that is that it's very relative and very, what does that even mean to be yourself? Because it's not as fixed as people assume. Like if you read any spiritual texts, you will find a place where it says there is no such thing as the self. So if on the deep level there isn't a thing as a self, what am I trying to be? <laughs> Funny, right? But that also gives me the freedom to channel anything that I want. So that's one way of seeing it. The other way is, well, actually, we all have personality traits, things that feel more true to us, and we usually base them on what we love and what gets our energy and our life force going. And that's what I define as your self, the stuff that keeps you and makes you come alive. So that's my definition here. So with that in mind, I found out that when I did Madonna shows, I did okay. I became quite good at it. And then there was a moment where I got bored. I get bored really easily. And I had enough of pretending to be Madonna. And so what I did was the revolutionary act of not trying to be Madonna anymore and just do me as a pop star in a Madonna outfit. Let's take a minute because that couldn't really be more revolutionary, could it? Because there's an expectation that your number one job is to impersonate Madonna. It's to be as much like her as you can possibly be. So yeah. what happened? Because that's the expectation everyone would have had, was not to see Evelyn, but to see Madonna. That's what they're paying for. They're paying to see Madonna, not to see Evelyn. And, you know, I went on this TV show in France where there were lots of tribute acts and we were all hanging out in the in the, this massive green room and you see Britney and Michael Jackson and Robin Williams and we're all in front of the mirror looking at each other and and Britney is looking at ah, 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 and, and judging herself on all the bits that weren't actually Britney and Michael Jackson too and, and like we all look in the mirror and we judge the parts that aren't as the other person that we want to be and and I thought that's crazy and I can see how unhealthy this can become. I don't want to be like that. I really actually, I want to be myself. That's, But I'm also, there is things that are very similar to Madonna, which is how the whole thing got started. So here's what happened when I did that. And I just, I allowed myself. I mean, really, I felt so cheeky. I can't even tell you. So cheeky. But afterwards, people would come up to me and they said, Oh my God, you're so like Madonna. This is insane. It's like I felt that Madonna was there. Like, wow. And I thought, huh, isn't that interesting? So at the moment where I stopped trying to be Madonna and I allowed myself to be me in my pop star version, people thought I was even more Madonna. Why is that? I think because Madonna doesn't try to be Madonna either. <laughs> oh my goodness. And there we have it. So when you let yourself go, right? Mm -hmm. When you let yourself go into this role, it was her music, it was her costume. And I just, 
infused my whole self into it, then people get the impression of this superstar Madonna in front of them. Make sense? That makes so much sense because there's no distraction that little part where some level you're slightly distracted from the performance because you're em- trying to emulate her. Yes. However many times you've done it, I'm sure that must have still been the case. And so then to put that to one side and and like you said, infuse 100% of you into the performance, I do get that. That's exactly what Madonna does. It's It's just her. So here's the piece that makes it relevant for your audience. Because many people are afraid that we're hiding behind a mask. So you step into the spotlight, you put a mask on. And step one is for me to say, listen, we all put a mask on. I had a mask on as Madonna. I had her costumes on, her makeup on. And so it's easy to say, oh, you pretended to be someone else. And I can go, yeah, I guess I did. But here's, here's the revelation. Step two is this. The mask, your speaker persona, your messaging, yeah, you as a professional person on the stage, your mask can either be a pretense Oh, this is me as a speaker. This is me as a professional coach. This is me as Madonna. Or it can help you set yourself free. I really want to know more about that. How does that even feel? Like to have that liberation on the stage. Because that, for me, freedom is feeling completely liberated from trying to be anything. I'm really interested in that concept of business people, you know, whoever, coaches, whoever you are. If you're on a stage and you're really doing your rehearsed talk, your signature speech, your keynote, and you're very conscious of how you're projecting you or the you that you've decided to design for this particular speech, that doesn't feel free. Even saying that, I'm doing this How do we even begin to get to a place where we can free ourselves from that? I love that question. I can see that image as well of somebody really trying to project their designed persona. Ah, So I'm not a step-by-step kind of girl. Step one, you do that. Step two, you do that. Step three. Because have you noticed that when you put out the steps, there seems to be an awful lot of steps? Yes. And actually, if there isn't, you're probably being a little facetious in saying it's a three-step process or it's never a three-step process right (laughs) and no one wants to hear my 27-step process probably not and again I love a bit more of a feminine business model and a feminine approach to that it it doesn't all have to be steps okay we are so intuitive as women and we can work with transmission so basically imagine that you're a, a sponge you can soak stuff up That's what the idea of transmission is, a fancy word for saying, I squeeze my sponge and you soak your sponge. (laughs) It's just a transfer of stuff, right? Let me explain transmission. So we can work with transmission. So I notice then when people, for example, work with me, they don't have to go through 100 steps because you can copy and paste what you get, for example, from the way that I show up. You might say, hey, she's taken an awful lot of liberty here on camera to be spontaneous and to plug in her, her phone and uh, her computer and to talk about being Madonna and having sex in the same sentence. Like maybe I too can just allow myself to have fun with it. The willingness to have fun is really, really important. The willingness to use and apply the three magic words for women. 
So there are three magic words that change a woman's life. I'm assuming most of your listeners are and viewers are women. Yeah, 99%. Yes, 99%. It could also work for men. Um, so men try it and do let me know. I think this is specifically very important for women. So there's three magic words. There's two magic words for girls, as you know. The magic words are... What's the magic word for girl for girls? The magic word for girls. They want to make magic happen. No. Mm -hmm. Please. Please. And, and thank, thank you. you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what's the magic what's the word? Magic words? <gasps> of course. The magic word. Please and thank you. So that's how we grow up. Please and thank you. That's the magic word for girls. There's three magic girls for women that shift everything. And they are at the foundation of this whole thing. Uh-huh. No three steps, but three magic words. Are you ready? The three magic words for women to change their life radically and make magic happen are fuck this shit. <sighs> fuck this shit. This is true. This is serious magic. Because when a woman sees the restrictions and the limitations and she's done with this feeling so restrained, trying to be this designer version of her talk. And at some point, this corset wants to burst and she goes, fuck this shit. I am here. I am alive. I have, I don't have to earn my place in this world. I'm worthy of my success. I'm worthy of my beauty. I'm worthy of my gifts. I receive them. I accept that I am here. And that's what I'm going to share with people, speech or not. It doesn't even matter what you say. Nobody's going to remember what you said. You're not going to remember all the things I tell you in this podcast, but you will remember the energy. I will remember the energy, 100%. Everyone will, because as you just said that, my eyes closed, I did a deep breath, and my shoulders just kind of dropped, which for me is when I'm feeling expansive. That's when I'm ready to receive. Mm. And I think that's, I mean, you know, it's so overquoted, and I get that, Maya Angelou, but it, it, it's true. We don't remember what people say, but we do remember how they made us feel. That was a feeling. Yeah. Fuck this shit elicits a feeling, right? Yeah, and for me, it elicits this liberation of, I don't have to. I don't have to. And then, is an exhale and the bravery to step into something else. And then the rest, by all means, is training, okay? We're not going to pretend that it doesn't take some good skill and some good training to come across as this liberated speaker on yeah, stage. Yeah, and I get that. We're not going to pretend right. that. There's skill involved here, right? Nobody's born this way. But this moment of liberation is key because otherwise all the training will just be a more polished designer version of your keynote speech. And I don't care. Nobody cares about your speech. We've heard a thousand speeches. Nobody cares about my speech. But what we do care deeply about is human beings sharing themselves in the world. You cannot not care when somebody becomes vulnerable with you. Right. Like if, if I start sharing with you about the story with my son, and you'll see it in the TED Talk, so we're not going to ride around on it forever. But he's the first survivor of not having any small intestine. And when he was born, the doctors told us he wasn't going to live. You, you cannot not care when I share how difficult this was right. for me. Unless you're a total sociopath, which is only one. I don't in a, think I, I have many, many of those in my audience. <laughs> I don't think you do. So we tend to care an awful lot, especially as women. We really, really care. And so, but what we care about is being human and being connected. We all want, we seek connection. That's what we really, that's what nurtures us. That's what we care about. So our job is to create and foster connection with other humans. 
even when we're giving a speech. Because right? wouldn't you agree, information exchange isn't really where it's at nowadays. No, it's, it's really worth nothing now. I mean, and it's getting more and more worthless. I mean, we just don't need other people to get the information from. Exactly. You want to know how to be a great speaker? Correct. So how do you be a great speaker on stage? Google it. You get your yeah, steps. Absolutely. But it, this is reminding me of something that I talk about to my clients all the time. And that is that, you know, as a coach, our job isn't to be out the content we put out for our marketing. Our job isn't to be the mm. best marketer we can be. You know, it's not about showing off our prowess as a marketer. It's about mm. showing how bloody good we are as a coach because that is what will get people coming back. And I think it's powerful coaching that gets clients to sign up and stay with you, not demonstrating your prowess as a marketer to get the most reach or the most followers and, and all of that kind of shit. This reminds me a little bit of that because it's like you can have the most polished speech. Technically, that speech can be perfection. You can have read every single book on scripting a perfect speech. You can deliver it with the exact right cadence of your voice. And if that doesn't elicit a connection, just don't bother. What's the point? Right? Mm. You say some really good things. I love it. Thanks. So do you. I love it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. It's like a little <laughs> love fest. <laughs> the Mutual Congratulations yeah, Society like is well alive. I love alive. it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's important for us. We're on the same wavelength with this, that we really want to go deeper into connection and out of this idea to be perfect or to be professional, which is another thing that really holds women back when it comes to being seen more. So a lot of women tell me that being out in the spotlight is difficult for them because they're afraid of messing it up. So what if you find out that I'm not as good as I think I am? What if you find out I'm not as intelligent? What if I get the words wrong and you think I'm stupid or you, 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 you know, then they, they call it imposter syndrome. And we have all these words for our insecurity. When like you just said, that's not even what the main thing is about. Having said that, you do want a good speech. I get that TED talk that I did. I didn't just that, make yeah, it up. That wasn't unscripted. It, I get that. <laughs> that right. what, no, that was not unscripted. That was scripted. I love unscripted work. And I really think everybody should learn how to do scripted work too. It's part of your mm -hmm. skill. Improvisation is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful craft. And it's learned too. Did you know that improvisers rehearse? I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So in improvisation, we play games. We play certain structure games. So we understand how to make those scenes up and drive a scene forward and, and things like that. So the structure is learned. The agility to respond is learned. And then the exact content is free in the moment. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. You did a perfect example of that earlier. I think. Did I? I think when you were telling us about you and telling us a little bit and, and a little insight into your story, the beginning of your story, you then came round and said, and here's why this is important for your audience. And I think that's a perfect example of, you know, none of that was scripted, but there was this slight structure where you just came back to, you know, it's almost like a Bear with me because this is going to make complete sense in a minute, right? 
And I think that's an example of that. And you're right, it doesn't happen completely unconsciously, I don't think. That's true. That happens deliberately. The structure, which is what I call the masculine. See, the, the, the beautiful thing about anything masculine is to hold the container for the feminine. Yes. So the masculine is like the riverbed and the feminine is like the water that flows through. So I've got a lot of words, a lot of creativity, and then I've got some structure that holds those words in place so that it makes sense for everyone. And that structure was about, okay, I'm going to tell them what I want them to know, which is that I do not just one thing, but at least three and I want to make sure that they know that they're safe mm -hmm. with me and then I want to make sure that they're going to get what they need that was like the background script and then I let the front start talking trusting that it'll come so I'd say all this stuff and then at the end I loop it back around so always got looping is a really great technique that you learn in, in improv and in um, mm -hmm. comedy yeah I was just going to say that's also your thing yeah I like I it to come and see you. I like a challenge right yeah, I'm not on stage at the moment. We'll save that for a couple of years down the line. I will. And, you know, there's online things. And the thing is, you can take the girl out of comedy, but you can't take the comedy out of the girl. So I make sure that when, when we do work, there will always be laughter. And at this point, I've taken myself off the comedy stage. You too, right? We love humor. Really so. important to me. So tell me, we're talking about hiding in the spotlight. What will be a really, really important thing for your audience? To, like a nut to crack. Yeah, good nut to crack. Well, here's the thing. My audience, I know, have a love-hate relationship with visibility. They hmm. want to have impact. A lot of my audience want to change the world. They have big ideas. They have wild visions that they want to bring to fruition. But they also have insecurity. They also have imposter syndrome in your talk or possibly on your website that I was looking at, you mentioned this chronic culture of insecurity. And I just thought, God, what a perfect way to put it. And I, I see that there is a chronic culture of insecurity. So I think my audience have this real kind of pulling in two directions, a craving to have impact. And for that, they want the visibility they want the visibility because they know that is a vessel for getting their message out. It's a way that they can have the impact on the world that they want to have. It's a way for them to earn more money because the people I work with, they don't just want to make an impact. They make a stand for the and, you know, they want to make great money as well. And they see the visibility as part of that journey. But they're so scared. They're really scared. You touched on it earlier when you said, you know, people are scared of messing up. And I think that's the biggest thing. They're scared of putting themselves out there and being judged, ridiculed, considered less good at what they do than they thought they were. That's what they're scared of. It's really a lack of self-belief. So the nut for me is how do you really choose yourself for that level of success, that level of personal success in other uh, but it's what I mean here I mean overcoming the insecurity and doing it anyway putting yourself out there anyway and then relaxing and seeing what happens because at the end of the day none of us have a crystal ball none of us know how a talk or a speech or anything <gasps> apart from Evelyn Evelyn has a crystal ball god damn her she's got look at her know. background she's got bloody everything I yeah. hate my room now. Gotta, I'm trashing my own room as soon as we stop recording. 
Oh my gosh, be kind, be kind. I don't actually have a crystal ball, but I'm very tempted to get one because I've just had a coaching session where we talked about crystal balling versus, um, and, and I encouraged my client to stop crystal balling. Right, because we don't need it. And that's the thing, but we want it. I think a lot of us want a crystal mm. ball. That's why big decisions are so hard to make because we don't have a crystal ball. We never know, do we, whether something's the right decision or the wrong one. So we never know whether the speech we've scripted for the stage, is it the right speech? Is it going to be well received? Is it going to go down well? Is the audience going to react? We don't know any of those things before we start. So this is a very long way of me asking you, how do we make that decision to back ourselves? to choose ourselves for the success without the crystal ball? Ah, love that question! Ah, yes, party balloons for that. Yeah, we are off. There's Okay, and there's two things that instantly spring to mind for that. One is the idea of the crystal ball that I've just literally done a live on and it's fresh on my tongue. And the other one is the deeper concept underneath. So let's go to both. You just said really accurately, and you use such good language, backing yourself and... It's hard to make a decision because we don't have a crystal ball and we're trying to make that decision based on what's right or good for us in the future. And that's really difficult and it mostly doesn't work. But there is another way of doing that. So as long as I'm stuck in making decision based on what's gonna, what the result will be, I'm crystal balling and I'm going to be in really painful territory mentally versus <sighs> engaging with my body and coming into integrity, into an alignment with my body, with my wild, with my animal, with my being. Imagine yourself as a wild horse, as an animal instinct. And then you can ask yourself, well, what is good for me right now? What do I actually want? Because I don't know the result of any of the decisions I'll be doing, but I am here now. So which way do I want to go? And that actually leads us to the, the second piece, which is the key to, to the whole thing of how do I back myself? How do I choose myself? When we feel unsafe, it's really difficult to do anything. And when you feel safe, you can really thrive. And this is especially important and absolutely crucial for women because we've been made to feel, or not made to feel, but we have been unsafe for so long and often still are in many different ways that our nervous systems are they're quite activated generally. They're really, really quickly stressed, really quickly in nervous system activation. And when you're in nervous system activation, you go into those stress modes that we all know about, fight, flight, freeze. But when it comes to trauma responses, there's also a fourth one, which is called fawning. Have you heard of that one? No, fawning. So fawning is a basically people-pleasing. Oh, fawning, right. Uh, yes, F-A-W-N-I-N-G. Yep, okay. That's the one. Wow. Um, and it's defined as a trauma response. We could still call it a stress response because most people that are in that level of success definitely have trauma because you're over, you're over 15, so you probably have some somewhere. So we have these four responses that then get activated. Fawning. I identify as a major thing for women. We are so much into this people-pleasing, fawning, to try to be safe that we're willing to sacrifice our integrity to ourselves like any minute if I'm just safe. So 
I see the root cause of the issue in not feeling safe. And therefore, how do you back yourself with all your insecurity and all your stuff is we're learning how to feel safe in our bodies. And we're cultivating the feeling of safety. Do I get to get it to be a little bit clitoral for a moment? This is really important, I think, that we go as deep as you're willing to go with us on this because this is really big. This is going far deeper into this subject than I thought we would, and I'm really happy. Thank you. So if we go super deep, we could go all the way to the cervix, but I wanted to stay with the clitoris just now. <laughs> um, if a female clitoris, when she feels safe and in pleasure, then she kind of unfolds. And I encourage any woman who hasn't seen that yet to get the mirror out and really, really gently touch yourself, ideally with lubrication. And you will see it when, when she starts swelling up and the, and the labia unfolds. That's like, it's, like, it's like an opening of a flower. And the sensations accompanying that are extremely delightfully pleasurable. So I'm not just talking about getting horny and getting turned on and getting off. I'm talking about how the clitoris responds to very, very gentle touch. Try okay. it. So it opens and unfolds and like this little flower starts, starts to reek a little head outwards to, to enjoy the pleasure. And as soon as that safety isn't there, boom, it's all done. So I love that example to explain how we as women thrive in pleasure. Mm. So when I can help a woman to feel good in herself, to feel safe in herself, and to give herself gentle strokes mentally as well. So that's kind self-talk. That's surrounding yourself with supportive people like yourself. That's going into trainings that are nurturing, not just pushing you to the next level of success yes. now. But just God, all, right? yeah. when you're giving yourself that <laughs> when you're giving yourself that gift of that nurturing sisterhood that takes you further, then like a clitoris, you will unfold like a flower, you will open towards the sun. And then it's much easier to be this self that we're talking about, to back yourself. It's just, it just is because you're designed to be beautiful and powerful. That is, first of all, it's just the most beautiful analogy. I love it. But also, I think women listening are going to feel relief at that because here's the thing, that coming back to the choosing yourself, the believing in yourself, the the um, allowing yourself to feel safe. When you practice that loving, soft touch, the stroking, the mental stroking, the, the pleasant self-talk, the surrounding yourself with supportive people, those are all things that anyone can do. Those are not things that you need a particular set of skills to be able to do. Everyone can mm -hmm. do those things, right? And and so that mm -hmm. means then that everyone can cultivate that feeling of safety for themselves. I think that's very true. And there's a yes and here. Many of us women have experienced what it's like when we're trying to be nice to ourselves And then really aggressive stuff comes from the outside, right? Yeah. Whether that's abusive relationships or just really hard knocks in life or even women that are in a household of men where they just operate differently. You are? Yeah. So <laughs> there is one thing that we keep talking about how we cultivate this for ourselves and we can and anyone can do it. And you know what? It's not wrong, but it's also not the whole truth. 
there is safety in numbers. We do actually need to change some of the systems. We can't put all the responsibility of feeling safe and good onto the individual woman, which is why, number one, masterminds are great, right? Sisterhoods are great. And then systematic change. At some point, we're going to need to be political. I just heard this amazing talk this morning about the imposter syndrome and how it's just actually rooted in in patriarchy and, and chauvinism. And so that's something much more political uh, that we still need to work on. We are so not done with the topic of equality and, and all that good stuff, right? So I want to take the pressure of any woman to have to do it by herself because you can. You're not designed to do anything by yourself. We are designed to work intersocially, not independent, but connected. Really good point. And, but I think there's some comfort in both, isn't there? There's a comfort that there doesn't need to be anything special about you or different about you to be able to cultivate some safety for yourself. And I completely agree with you that you don't have to do it yourself either. No. Your audience is, a lot of your audience is also coaches and mentors. Yeah, a lot of my audience are coaches. They are almost, yeah, exclusively they're they're female business owners and a lot of coaches and consultants. Oh, that it's encouragement for for the women business owners and the coaches amongst you and the leaders amongst you. Uh, why we why it's important to do what we do. Sometimes as coaches, you might think, I don't even know why I'm a coach. There's so many coaches. It's just a sea of coaches. And there's always coaching, coaches, coaching, coaches. Like, what the hell? Well, actually, we do need each other because different coaches bring different strokes to you. So Jill's quality of coaching, Jill's energy, just Jill's skill is different than mine. And yours is different than ours. And it's needed because it, it will resonate with a different audience. And we do all need people to help us along the way. So n- nobody's beautiful leadership journey is wasted here. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. And you're right. There are literally no two coaches the same because everyone has a slightly different style. Even if you're coaching around the same topic, you know, everyone has a different style. And, and I think going back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, this isn't about information. It's not about the information mm-hmm. we give each other, particularly as coaches. It's certainly not. It's about the connection and the feelings that we bring out in each other. Yeah. How do I, how do we help each other set each other free? That is the big question. And then, yes, there is skills and that's all great. Um, but it's not the big thing. And I, I like mentioning both because, for example, so I have a scorecard and maybe some of your audience want to take that scorecard, which is about how impactful are you as a speaker? And you take that scorecard and you find out how you're doing on your messaging, on your authenticity, on your authenticity messaging. What's the other one? Ah, influence. Um, and you get a score and you get a personalized report made from this really clever technology that we have nowadays. Yeah. So take the scorecard. It will check the boxes on different skills because some of the magic can be broken down. Right? When it comes to speaking, like, do you know how to set pauses? Do you know how to be an engaging speaker? Do you know how to stay present with an audience? Do you know how to hold your eye gaze? Do you know how to get people in when they've fallen asleep? Like All these things that actually... There are some boxes that we can tick. There are skills that can be taught. So that's true as well as underneath of that is really this willingness and ability to allow yourself to be how you are in the moment. Allowing yourself to be how you are in the moment. Yeah. I think we were just mentioning this before we hit record actually about how distracting it can be 
trying to be someone else. Say more. I guess that that really talks to that for me. Allowing yourself to be who you are in that moment means letting go of the distractions. Because when you're consciously trying to portray yourself a certain way, I think that's distracting. And really, a a thing you've mentioned a couple of times around that is that feeling into your body. Is that connected, do you think, to that? Well, I'm asking that like a, it's a question, it's not a question, it's a bit rhetorical. It is, it is connected, right? So feeling into your body, relaxing, every time you do that, I do it. I literally mirror you every time because it's so, it brings out a feeling in me of relaxation. But I guess on stage, if you can relax into your body, your feelings, the way you're feeling right now, without the distraction of consciously projecting anything. Right. I don't think I explained that very well at all. No, I think you explained it super well. So that to me speaks into the concept that I teach that I call energetic leadership. Tell me more about that. Yeah, right? Energetic leadership. Energetic leadership. This is like witchcraft. This is when you develop the skill to go on a stage and lead with your energy. So that means that I am aware, not just aware of my body, but I'm so rooted in my own body. And I'm so open as the vessel of the message that I have actually got capacity to feel the room as well as myself. And I can lead you guys with my own energy. So, for example, when you said, you know, I breathe, you breathe, that happens because I'm a, I'm a strong breather, right? I do a big breath that takes space. I don't just do a, you wouldn't mix and match, you wouldn't mix and match, you wouldn't match a small no. breath. You match a big breath because I'm leading with that breath. I'm very strongly suggesting we are now exhaling because I'm I'm modeling it. I'm going. I'm noticing how you're doing that without a glimpse of inhibiting yourself. You know, you're not self-conscious about that (laughs) at all, as I would expect. But I think. Anymore. Yeah, anymore. Right. So I think for anyone watching or listening in, I think there's definitely something to to really work towards is losing some of those inhibitions that I'm just going to do a little breath (laughs) because I love how uninhibited you are in the way you express yourself. That's really something that Mm. I aspire to. When I say I teach, it's not a one, two, three method, but that's what I work on with people is how do we do that piece? And it's not really a how to, it's a let's do it. Let's find out what's in the way for you. What's in the way for you from doing that because what is an inhibition anyway it's a thought in your mind often that says I can't because it would be wrong because if I did this because blah 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 and it's often quite deeply rooted for example taking up space is a big thing for women often because we're told as little girls you know be quiet and we're trying to be good girls we still grow up with that and then at some point we think we're over it and then we step on a stage and we find out we're not So the idea of taking up space is really big for a lot of us. Having attention on us, grabbing attention, holding attention, it's a double-edged sword, right? It sounds great as a concept, but have you tried doing that? Oh my gosh, that means it takes what I'll call energetic capacity. 
What that means is your body needs to be able to hold the sensation of the tension, of the energy. If you stand on a stage and everybody's looking at you, you will have sensations in your body. Most people are not used to feeling those sensations and breathing into those sensations. So therefore, they go over capacity, then overwhelm, and they shut down to a certain degree. And so we're practicing relaxing into that intensity and building a capacity for that sensation. So I'm really going into the, into the sensational, into the, the senses, the body, the feeling, and the energetics. And the more I can build that capacity, then the easier it is for me to then allow myself to take space, to be what they call unashamed. Unapologetic. Yes, liberated. Unapologetic. All these unwords, which are wonderful. Like, why was I apologetic in the first place? But we are. We generally are. And it's, it's, it's the path of mastery has no end. So I, I'm working on that too. Right? We teach what we most need yes, to learn. Absolutely. I'm just in a different place on my right. path. Right. But yeah, I'm really excited about this stuff because that's the deep thing, the deep stuff that I find really hard to market. I don't know how to write that on my website, that I do this deep work that changes everything. It, it changes how you are in, on stage. It changes how you're in your business if you're able to ask for the big fees and how you're in the bedroom. I think you just said it really well. <laughs> I think that's exactly <laughs> what needs that. to go on your website. It <laughs> <That> was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But the problem is, and I'm sure your listeners will um, appreciate it, when you put these big things on your website, I get that thought like, yeah, but what if I say that on my website? And then I'll feel inhibited in the bedroom at some point. And then somebody might say, it eh, on your website. Why don't you do that? And you take your own medicine. <laughs> so I'm always, I have this thing That's of hilarious. be careful what you say out loud. Yeah. It's like it's like someone, you're going to literally have sex with someone and then they're going to send this mess, memo afterwards saying, um, I'm afraid I am having to sue you now under the Trade Descriptions Act because I was led to believe. <laughs> and, and you didn't have three orgasms, so what's so wrong with clearly, you then? you know. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> you weren't very good. Uh, you should have said something. I didn't, I couldn't be asked. I just wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> I virtually chewed my own it's arm so off. I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> to correct this, if this ever did happen, dear women, we do want to say something, right? And, and stop it. But it's a big thing. It's actually a really big thing, right? To speak up in the bed, like in intimate relationships, it's the hardest, I think. And then in professional relationships, it's the hardest, I think. And then in any other relationship, it's always the hardest. It's even hard for people to speak up in a restaurant when they order something and it isn't quite what they like. How many people can't even say when the waiter comes around, how's everything? They can't say, do you know what? I was actually hoping for my soup to be warmer and spicier. Do you mind taking it back and adjusting it? That's hard for most people. It really is. But again, it comes back to that taking up space, right? How many women are accused of attention seeking? That is not a phrase that is often used about men. No. And I think that's the kind of culture we've grown up in. It's not good. It's not good to take up space. It's not good to draw attention to yourself. But if you want to be visible and you want to be a thought leader and you want to be a kick-ass businesswoman, I'm afraid, I'm not afraid, but you will need to take up a lot more space, willingly. And I think, you know, for a lot of women listening, that motivation to have the impact that they really feel destined to have. If you are, let's face it, if you're genuine about that, if you're not just paying lip service so that you can call yourself a purpose-driven business owner, then if you really care about having impact, you're going to have to get over it and you are going to have to 
really think about this. And I just think, Evelyn, you've delivered so much value today. It's blown me away, really, because you said just now you teach what you most need to learn. I'm not good at this myself. So I've learned a ton today about getting physically into my body and feeling into it and about that positive, the the self-talk, the gentle touch, the creating safety around myself and with my circle. So, I mean, yeah, I've learned so much and I know everyone else will have had as well. And before we wrap up, can you just tell me, because I, you brought in a bit more of the kind of tactical in, in terms of, you know, you have to be good. To, you have to have a good speech. You have to have those things. Otherwise, no amount of deep work is going to create some successful talk from it. It has to be, you have to be good at delivering it. It has to be good speech. And you've got to have that energetic, the energetics right. What would you say is the one thing you would leave our listeners with if this is something they crave they want the visibility they want to be on stage what's their top non-negotiable i think that is the best question you can ask the listener Mm. so i'll ping it right at you who is listening to this what is your top non-negotiable don't let anyone else tell you what it is because you know what yours is what a great answer what a great answer and that kind of sums up everything about authenticity right it won't be the same for everyone and you need to part of really understanding yourself and being brave enough to step out from being hidden is about knowing what that is and you know a really good way to do it because we talk a lot of bra- about bravery and, and I feel it adds another layer of pressure again to a woman who's already under pressure because she, we have so much desire and so much pressure. The magic recipe, <laughs> me and my magic. I love your magic. Thank you. I love it too. It's, the magic recipe is fun. You know, if we can have fun with it all, then it's going to be so much easier. You don't have to be quite that brave. Yeah. We're just going to have a lot of fun. Like This is what I loved. I love to create containers where we're having so much fun. And the next thing you know is you've done it a couple of times. And it's been fun. That, again, creates that safety. And then you can take the next step and the next step. You don't actually have to throw yourself out to the sharks just because you want to learn how to swim. Hey. good, wasn't it? I just made that up. Did you just make that one up? Write that one down. Yeah, I just write that, that one down. That is beginning. Yeah. Reuse. Yeah, I love that. I love that it happens. It just, it just. And came you're through. so right. Like, yeah. You don't. It's yeah. so true. Oh my goodness, I love that. You too. This is really fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, oh Evelyn. Lovely, it, right? Yay. It's been amazing to have you on the show today, and. I've learned so much. I know my listeners will have. How can they find out more about you, reach out to you? How can you help them? You know, what shall we link them to in the notes? I love that um, as a question. So first of all, thank you for getting me on. You're welcome. I really, really appreciate it. I love the way you interview as well. You're very attentive, very good at listening, very good at picking up the important points and reflecting them. So I appreciate that very, very much. Really good. Thank you. And secondly, where can people find me and find out more? If you liked what you heard, you like my vibe, you like my style, 
come and let me serve you through my newsletter. I write about once a week, sometimes new inspiration, sometimes whatever. But I love serving my community with a really high-value newsletter. You get that on my website. The website is my name, evelynbrink.com. So the thing to remember is how to write it, E-V-E-L-Y-N-E-B-R-I-N-K, brink as in on the brink.com. On the website, there are also options for some home study programs. I've got free trainings on there for people. So if you want to get started with stuff, I give a ton away. I give a ton away. And then I will let you know via the newsletter when we have the next opening for live offerings, for example. I'm recreating my business right now. It's quite exciting. When I work with people one-to-one, it's quite it's high level. It's a high investment to work with me, but it's worth it. I have no doubt. And to widen the reach and make it more more possible for people, I'm now creating more group opportunities and home study programs. So there will literally be something for most budget soon. Um, if you go on my website right now, you might go and get a little bit of a, you know, take a deep breath. It's okay. Um, don't worry if that budget isn't there. It might be there another time. It might be there now. And you say, well, let's just jump in. But there will be offerings that are at a more mainstream mm-hmm. market approach very soon as well. And you'll know about them from the newsletter. I'm not planning on doing these massive marketing launches because they it's, it's just not what we really do. So I'd rather be able to serve you regularly, like get the vibe, get the trainings, and then I'll tell you, hey, so I'm creating a new program called the Impact Amplifier, for example. That's going to be a one-week two hours a day um, affair where we're stretching your dynamic range. So that's good for everyone. If you're a coach, you want to learn how to stretch your dynamic range. Like the expression, we talk about how to do that. If you're a confident speaker, we'll take you into the spaces that you're not used to in the vulnerability and the softness approach. If you're a timid, shy speaker, I'm going to show you how to let some aggression out. Mm. We'll just stretch everybody's range, like (laughs) dial it up and dial it down and dial it left and dial it right because we usually don't have an opportunity to do that. So we don't even know how you are as a speaker. You don't even know your voice. And that's one week long. It's a one-week container for that one. That's going to be a oh. one-week, two hours a day oh, I like container. That. Yeah. I love intensive things like that. Yeah, I really lo- I don't think there's enough of that kind of thing around. And that, for my personality, that kind of thing works really well. I want a whole week and I want to deep dive into it. Sometimes I run retreats um, live and and then I think in the autumn we're going to do like an eight-week container again called True Impact. But because I'm a creative, you know, like many of us, I don't want to make too many promises in the future. So come on the newsletter, see when it's happening and get served all along the way. Because that's for me is is the importance. It's not just don't just come in and out. This is a long-term process. And if you liked what you heard, then be part of the movement. Like the movement is to end the culture of chronic insecurity. And we help each other do that. So that's my welcome. And I think we're linking to the scorecard as well, right? And the TED Talk is on my website. I'm going to link to all of those in the show notes because I have a feeling this is going to be an incredibly popular episode. And I think people are going to want to know everything there is to know about you. They're going to be stalking you right, left and center. Please. I'd love it. Stalk me. I'm also on Instagram and all the all the platforms. But the best place, just come on the website. You'll see it. there's a blog with all you've seen it. But I put all the blog articles out there. It's just I want to give, 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 and yeah. let's nurture. And it's true. Yes. Uh, you know, Evelyn is incredibly generous. There's a ton of stuff on her website. So do head over there and have a look at that. And hopefully, I see some of you in the Impact Amplifier. That'd be amazing. I, for one, am really interested in that. So for, I, I have my hand up already. 
And I think a lot of people listening, that is going to be, it's something that I'll be talking about to my clients too. And again, that I just love this week long container, two hours a day. Let's get it, get it done, get the impact quickly. I like yeah. it. Cool. Thank you so much, Jill. I really appreciate being your guest. is a is a pleasure and an honor. Mm, thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, I've loved it. I've loved it so much. And I hope we can tempt you back again soon. I'm sure you can. <laughs> bye for now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favor, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together, reach more ears, and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now. Bye.